Welcome to the Life Untapped podcast, where we help you rediscover your potential so that you feel confident, clear, and independent. Have you inadvertently put yourself last all these years by putting others first, only to wake up in your midlife and find yourself lost in the shuffle? Girl, I have so been there. Let me share with you the lessons I've learned to create a new direction to rediscover yourself. Together, let's go on a journey of mastering your potential, tapping into the power that already exists inside of you. We'll talk confidence, self-care, organization, health and well-being, money mindsets, financial hacks, and how to kick your limiting beliefs to the curb for good. We will find and establish your vision, get crystal clear on it. This is your blueprint, your life untapped. I'm your host, Francine Rivera, lifestyle consultant and certified health coach. I'm also the founder of the Life Untapped Coaching System, where you can earn as you learn with our affiliate program. Check it out at thelifeuntapped.com and grab our free mini course, The Guilt-Free Balanced Life, while you are there. Are you ready for your blueprint? Let's dig in. Hey, welcome back to the Life Untapped podcast. At the time of this recording, I am just a few days in my new house in Florida and nothing is really set up yet. So I'm just going to apologize up front. The sound may be off. It may be echoey. You may hear the occasional nail gun go off in the background or the air compressor running because I have a carpenter here doing some work. But hey, the show must go on and I didn't want to miss this chance to interview Angela Bernard. She has a busy schedule and I was just so grateful that she could fit me in. So I'm perfectly willing to sit on the floor of my office that is not set up yet with a empty moving box upside down, kind of, you know, doubling as my little desk here for my laptop, just so y'all can just hear her wisdom. Now, I first listened to one of her podcasts about debt elimination, and I just knew I had to have it here on the show since we're doing this money series anyway. Angela Bernard is a career alignment coach. She helps purpose-driven people gain clarity on the direction they want to take their lives and develop the habits and systems they need to be who they want to be. She lives in a tiny house in South Carolina and is the host of the Intentional Mind podcast, a podcast all about intentionally designing your life using the power of your mind, faith, and energy. When she isn't coaching or podcasting, you can find her role-playing as a journalist in crisis training exercises with the U.S. Army, hiking or traveling along with her husband. All right, well, welcome, Angela. I am so glad to have you here. But first, I have to ask you, quick question. When I'm reading this, your, your bio, it says you live in a tiny house. Does that mean like tiny house, like those less than 500 square foot houses on wheels? Yes, that's exactly what it means. <gasps> no way. Okay, tell me about that real quick. <laughs> so that is, it's awesome that you bring that up, considering what we're going to talk about as far as finances and all of that, because the decision to live in a tiny house for my husband and I was solely due to our value of wanting to travel more and having, and in order to do that, we wanted to free up our finances. So a way that we could do that was to live more simply so we made the decision to get a tiny home. So then, you know, when you have a tiny space, you buy less things because you have less space to put, you know, stuff away. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's been really fun, but we live actually in this tiny home in a tiny home community. So we have 12 
total that live around us. You get that community kind of feel and it's, it's 300 and I think it's like 94 square feet. And I love it. We've been here for over a year and I'm going to, I feel like I might have a hard time moving back once we have children into a bigger space because I've gotten so used to just really enjoying the simplicity of like the small space, having less things. And I feel like it helps me just be more intentional all around with my, in my life. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, that is wild. I don't know if I can go that small. Like I'm going to be perfectly honest. (laughs) Everyone says that. (laughs) I what? like when I first thought of seeing those shows on HGTV, the little tiny houses, like I thought like, oh, that's so cool. I would love to just get rid of stuff. I'm not really a stuff person. Like I thought I kind of live a minimalist lifestyle until I moved. (laughs) And then I was like, what are all these boxes? Like my house wasn't cluttered. My closets were organized, but yet the amount of stuff that just came out of drawers and boxes, I'm like, oh gosh, I need to. Oh yeah. (laughs) Moving always shows you that reveals to you like how much stuff you really have. And I, I found every time I've moved, I've been frustrated with myself. Like, why do you have all this stuff? Oh my gosh. But yeah. So are you in the military? Cause you do traveling training exercises with the army. Are you? Yeah. So my background is I was a broadcast journalist for the army okay. years ago and um, doing that work. I got connected with people who other companies that helped the army prepare and train for exercises, other contracting companies. Mm-hmm. So when I got out of the army, I got the opportunity to work on the training side. So what I do now is I help design crisis training exercises. And then my specific role is to work with the people that are speaking in front of the camera, helping train them to speak in front of the camera with confidence, get their message out. And really it comes back to my love for being intentional, being intentional with your words, being intentional with like how you show up, all of the things. Yeah, so very cool. So how did you get started with debt elimination? So um, my husband and I have combined um, together 14 years of education from my master's degree, his doctorate degree. So we came into our marriage with a lot of debt. And I came from a background of, you know, my parents didn't even graduate high school. They didn't know much about finances. They couldn't give me advice when it came to Um, taking out loans in college and all these things. Basically, my family wasn't the best with money. So I came in with the programming, the mental programming from that, like a lot of us do, Mm -hmm. living with the scarcity mindset, all of that stuff. And my husband came into our marriage with a different kind of mindset around money. His parents were actually pretty good with money. They followed like Dave Ramsey principles. We learned a lot of those things, but regardless, we all, we had this big chunk of debt from student loans. We had over $300,000. So our goal was, we're like, we want to see how quickly we can pay this off so that we're not spending so much additional money on, on um, interest and that we can travel and do the, live our life in the way that we really want to. So what we did was we started analyzing the people that we wanted to be like, and then we started developing those habits. And in less than three years, we were able to pay off all of our debt. Wow. So now we are completely debt-free. Just recently, we paid off. The last thing we needed to pay off was our tiny house. And that was just recently, we can pay that off. So we literally have no bills. Besides, wow, just, you know, we have your typical, yeah, yeah, we have just your insurance and things sure. like that. But other than that, 
completely debt-free and it feels really, really good. That is amazing. That is amazing. I don't think most people would have the discipline, I guess, to do what you did. Yeah, it's definitely discipline that you need and intention Mm -hmm. and um, being willing to look into how you spend your money because a lot of people have resistance to even wanting to really look into it. Right. I think most people like society just considers it normal to be in debt. Like it's, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you look at your neighbor and go, oh gosh, well, I only have 10,000 of debt. They have 20,000. I'm doing good. (laughs) So um, I think it's just like this whole mindset and everybody's, you know, in debt and it's just normal. And it's, if you could afford the payments, it's why not? That's how my husband and I were. We were of the mindset, well, if you could afford the payment, why not? Um, yeah. And then when I dove into this, you know, Dave Ramsey and all that, I was like, holy crap, I've been wrong all my life. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because my husband was telling me he was listening to, um, a video from Dave Ramsey on his YouTube channel. And he's talked about how he said poor people, like, so the poor mindset Mm -hmm. asked is how much, like, let's say you're going to get a car. They'll say, how much is the payment? Right. Where someone with a rich mindset or a wealthy mindset asks, how much is the car? Right. And it's so interesting to me because that just hit me recently, just watching even how you talk about our neighbors and things like that. And like watching how they spend their money. Mm-hmm. I've seen recently, we have a neighbor who went out and got, so him and his wife, so they're in their seventies, him and his wife both had cars and they were paid off. And they were like low miles on them and everything. And then he saw that his neighbor got a brand new truck. And you know, the whole keeping up with the Joneses mindset that kicked in. So he's like, well, I'm that literally that same day he went out to the car dealership and was like, oh, I want to get a new truck. So he ended up trading in both of his vehicles, his that was paid off and his Mm -hmm. wife's that was paid off. And then he ended up getting another truck and walked away with a payment on that truck that was like, I don't think it was like $18,000. He ended up going in debt. The crazy thing was the truck that he bought was the truck that his other neighbor just traded in. So finally he gets home from, um, my husband gets home from work and we were just like, oh, so frustrated because we're like, we wish we could have been there to even help giving them guidance. But it's interesting because the reason why he said he did made this decision was he was like, well, it doesn't matter. I can, I can afford the payments. And we're like, but what, what are you like, what are you doing? You're like going in debt. You weren't even debt. You had two cars that ran perfectly. Like what, what, but this is, and then mind you in their seventies, but the reason I bring this up is because we're not taught this. Like a lot of us are not taught how to be intentional with our money And we're very reactive with our money. Mm -hmm. And then we find ourselves, you know, like in your seventies and you're living, you're still living paycheck to paycheck. And I know for me, like, that's not the life that I want. No, exactly. Exactly. So you have something I thought was like really cool, an acronym you use, alpaca, is it? Did I get that right? Yes. (laughs) So this is something I completely paid up. But when I looked back and analyzed, because people were asking me, they're like, how did you guys pay off debt so quickly? Like, how did you do that? And it's the other thing I want to bring up is sometimes people will be like, well, yeah, you can do that because your husband is a dentist, right? And that's how you have all this additional money. And that's how you can do that. And I want to make it clear that it's not about how much money that you're making, because I can tell you right now in our friend circle, 
I don't know anyone else. Mind you, my husband is friends with many dentists, many surgeons. I don't know anyone else that is debt-free. I personally don't, unfortunately, in my circle, besides um, my husband or my husband's family, besides that. So anyways, with that being said, when I went back and I analyzed you know, what we did to, to make this happen so quickly, because we were literally living off of $33,000 a year with me and my husband. And 10,000 of that was dedicated to travel because we really value travel. And we're like, we're always going to be traveling. <laughs> so literally tw- like, so do the math. We're $23,000 a year that we're mm-hmm. living on. And that takes a lot of intentionality. Right. And that's how we were able to quickly pay off our debt because really it was above and beyond the 300,000 because of all of the interest associated with that, that adds up quickly. But what I did was I looked back at what we, our behaviors were and I broke it down into this acronym so that people can understand. So alpaca is what I'm using. So the A stands for awareness. And there was a time when my husband and I like, we didn't even want to look into our debt. We didn't even want to sit down and look at how much money we were spending on things because it literally, the thought of it, we knew we had a lot of debt. We knew we were spending a lot more on things than we probably should, but we just felt like the thought of it just made us want to throw up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the only person I know that has experienced this because when I try to talk to my friends about finances, they'll kind of be like, oh, let's just talk about something else. Like, it just makes me sick. I don't want to look into it. No, thanks. Yeah, but I kind of, yeah, I kind of see this as like, you have this wound or this infection and you're continuing to ignore it. So it just gets worse and worse. So it can be uncomfortable, but the first step is to gain awareness around how you are spending your money and how much debt you actually have. This way you can set some goals for yourself. And also you can, when you set a budget for yourself that like people recommend, you need to be able to look at how you're already spending money. So you have a good idea of where to start. So the first thing I did was I made myself like sit down and look at our finances and I broke it into different categories like bills, food, gas, like all of those things. And I just got an idea of how much we were spending. Um, and I went back two months. It was uncomfortable. It took a lot of time to sit there and do that. Um, and then I also looked at all of our debt and got ideas of how much the total was so that I knew like, what's our target goal? And then what are you know these numbers for these specific categories? So that was the first thing I did. That's gaining awareness of it. And then once you get the awareness, it's, it's done, okay? So yeah, you need to keep going back and looking at it, but you're not gonna have to spend as much time sitting down. Like the first part is a little painful, but once you get past that, everything like picks up from there. So awareness is the first step. And then the next thing, the L stands for learn. So um, here you need to get clear on your vision. Like n- now that you got some awareness on how you're spending money, Who do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be? How do you actually want to spend money based on your values and how you want to live your life? So for me, what I decided was that I wanted to be a person that was debt-free, that was a philanthropist, that could travel anytime, anywhere. Now, if I am that person, I'm going to spend my money very differently. So when I'm teaching people about goal setting, I'm always teaching them about first getting clear on who you want to be, the identity that you wanna have. Don't get so attached to specific results, but more about the identity. If you wanna be a person that is intentional with their money, then how do you spend your money? So I got clear on, I wanna be this debt-free person, philanthropist that can travel anywhere, anytime. 
So the next thing I tell people to do is think about how you have to act. Like if you already are that person, you act as if. So if you already are that person, how do you act? And a lot of times this is hard for people to answer. So what I recommend is that you find someone who is the kind of person you want to be and you analyze their behavior. Because if they have the results that you want, there's a recipe involved in that. There's mental programming, there's habits, they show up in a certain way. So we need to adopt that, like use that recipe, adopt those habits, adopt those beliefs. So the first person that popped in my mind was Dave Ramsey. Because I was like, okay, well, Dave Ramsey is known for being deaf free. He could travel anywhere he wants. So started studying like what he was, you know, teaching. So I'm here to learn. And I even thought about like, who is he surrounding himself with? And like, even in his financial peace course, it's about, you know, this community, you're surrounding yourself with other people too, that also want to be debt free. So anyways, it's all about learning, getting clear in the vision and then figuring out what you need to learn. And we were blessed because um, for a gift, a wedding gift, someone gave us financial peace. And my husband, like he grew up following Dave Ramsey principles. His mom always talked about it. And for a while, this financial piece box and, and the whole program sat in the closet. But then when we did this awareness, I'm like, let's just try this out. So we ended up joining a group and for accountability, because that's helpful. And we went through this course. We went through this course three different times. So the reason I say this is that when it comes to reprogramming your mind, because truly that's what you're going to need to do. Like if you want to be more intentional with your money, you need to become an intentional person right? And that requires new mental beliefs. So it makes sense that people fall off the bandwagon when they're doing this work because they're used to their old programming. So I had to do this three different times and it's still a work in progress right now. Like I consistently practice and keep these behaviors and habits because I know that it can be easy for me to default into my old ways of how I spent my money and how I lived. So that was learning. And then the next thing, the next A stands for Oh, the P. The next P stands for plan, a plan. Now that you've learned like who you want to be and you learned some kind of system or who you want to learn from, you need to make a plan to actually carry this out. So that could even be like, when are we actually going to learn the system? Like for us, we had to pick a day that we were going to meet up with people and learn it. Um, it could be like, are you going to use car- a card, a specific card that maybe gets you rewards when you're spending money? So you could be intentional in that way. Or are you going to use cash? Is there an app that you're going to use to track money? What are you going to use to track things like an Excel document? Do you have someone even in your life that is really good with money that could give you their Excel document and you could start there with it? Stuff like that. So you got to make a plan, even deciding who's going to keep track and who's going to look at it and when. So you make the plan. And then um, the next day, A stands for acting. So actually acting on it. Now that you have a plan, you actually take action. And the reason I emphasize this is because a lot of us spend a lot of time planning, but we don't actually do the thing, you know, like, I know, Fran, like you can relate to that, like, right. Uh And I, even recently I was talking to my coaching clients and they were saying like, I just feel like most of the time I'm just sitting there planning. Like I plan all the time, but I don't really do the thing. It's like, okay, now we need to take it to the level of actually doing the thing. And then the next C stands for, wait, going back to the act part. It's really important for your brain. So I teach a lot around how our mind works and it's important that you work with the ways that your brain works. So your brain is very visual. 
it likes to know when and where. So you are much more likely to do something if you decide when you're going to do it and where you're going to do it. And you see this in your mind and this will help you take action. Mm -hmm. So decide. So for me, I was like, I see myself sitting at my counter on in the morning and back in the day, it was Monday mornings that I would do my um, budgeting and updating it. I see myself doing that. I see myself doing it for 30 minutes every Monday morning and keeping up. So like figuring out what that is for you. And then the C is consistency, being consistent with it, putting it in your calendar, make sure it gets a spot in your calendar and getting accountability. If you need that to be consistent. Like us, we had that other group with us initially to be consistent, but now my accountability is just my husband and I, because we know that we're going to talk about this. Once I update things, we always have a conversation about where we're at and I give him an update and like deciding on like who that person is something that you should do together. You know, if you have a spouse, I recommend that, but you know, usually there's always one that's way more of like the nerd, like that's yeah. kind of like, but it needs to be a joint yeah. effort. If you're, if you're married, you need to obviously have the other person's on board or at least semi on board. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it was for me. Like I am the person that does the spreadsheet and does the thing Mm -hmm. because my husband's realistically not going to do it, but he's really involved in the process of like, I sit there, we talk about it. He actually is the one that's more likely to look at our finances more daily than I am. So you just got to figure out what that's going to look like for you, for you to be consistent with it. And then the next A is assessing how things are going. This is really important because I find that a lot of people have resistance to wanting to even like create a budget because one, they feel like it's something that causes them to be like constrained and they're like, I don't want to live my life like that. But I want to change the mindset around that because really what a budget does, it's just like creating structure for yourself. It gives you freedom. It gives you more freedom. So when you look at it that like for me, I have felt so much more peace around my finances because I know what's happening with them. I can be more intentional. I feel like I can give more because I can, I'm more intentional with how I spend money. So I have more, I feel like to give. And I like, I get super excited when I notice that, I spent less than what I planned to spend. And I'm like, cool, that's more money that I can get. And I can like surprise someone or bless someone with. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of people listening, they want to be that same kind of person. Like they want to do that too with their finances. I hear this all the time from people. They're like, yeah, I would just like to make more money so that I could give more, you know? So I could bless more people. So this starts with you first being intentional with your money. So you assess how things are going. And then the other thing people are resistant to creating a budget is because they're like, well, our money's kind of unpredictable. Like, you know, sometimes we don't know what's coming in or we don't know what we're spending. So I don't really want to create a budget. It won't work for us. But the reason that you create this budget is really for you to gain awareness around how you're spending money. So like for me, I know that sometimes when we're traveling a lot, we might spend more money on food, but at least I know where that money went. And I can be intentional about like shifting things around or being like, oh, this next week we're going to spend less or whatever. But it's there to give you awareness. And initially when you start this process, you're coming from not being intentional with your money to trying to be. So the budgets that you even set initially will be very different as you start to learn more about your money and just see this as a process that's forever changing, but you need to be assessing and seeing how things are going. And then this helps you with like decision-making in general. Like I noticed right away when I looked at my money that I spent a lot on coffee. Like I was like, holy cow, like a Mm -hmm. lot of people do like Starbucks, things like that. 
And if, when I looked at the amount that I was spending on just going out and getting coffee, I was like, wow, I could do a lot of things with that. Like I could give, I could surprise people with these gifts. I could do all kinds of things. And that gave me like huge awareness. And then I saw one month that we had spent a thousand dollars on like going out to eat. And I'm like, what? Like, how did that even happen? <laughs> but a lot of, that's a big one for people when they, yeah. I have people tell me about their money is going out to eat. They don't realize how much they spend on that. So just gaining the awareness will make you be more intentional. Cause you're like, okay, maybe you're going to eat in a little more because I don't want to be the person that spends that much money. Right. So assessing this is, that's the thing that I do every week. Once a week, I'm assessing where things are going, tweaking, making different goals. It's a constant work in progress. So that's everything from the acronym covers as far as alpaca. Yeah, love it, love it. So like you and I sound very similar. Like we, like I'm a very organized, structured person. You sound similar. So what would you say to the person who is just, my gosh, not like us? <laughs> Yeah. That's so funny that you asked that because I, so I never used to be this, like this kind of person. I was more of like the flow, like, just like, Oh, whatever, you know, but then it's like, I feel so much more peace when I gain some kind of structure for myself. So it doesn't need to look like, don't feel like when you start this, it needs to be like you, you keep track of every cent and everything that's being spent, you know, just like take it as like, the first thing I'd recommend is just knowing how much money you're like an average amount of money that you're spending, at least just gain that awareness around it. Um, and know how much there's three things that you should know is like how much it takes for you to live straight up. A lot of people can't answer that question. Like if you were like, you know, if you lost your job right now, or, you know, no, no additional money was coming in, like how many months could you sustain yourself or how long could it be? So first just gain, if you don't want to create all the structure yet, at least first gain the awareness of how much it would be. Because I feel like once you start diving into this, you will, just like me, want to become the person that does create a little more structure for yourself because it's going to serve you. Like regardless, whether it's like to the scent or it's just straight up, I have awareness around, you know, how much it takes for me to live and how much I'm spending. And then the other thing that is important to ask yourself is how do you want to live your life? So the three things are, first one is how much does it take for you to live? Well, how many months can you sustain with your current lifestyle? And then how do you actually want to live? So start there, answer those three questions for yourself. If you're one of those, that's like, I don't know if I could get that organized. Just answer those three questions. Right. Yeah. Having a vision for your, for your life will help you now but and I think also the mindset like you know to most this is not really a sexy subject it's not something they yeah. think about and but but if you make it into a game like when I first started this I was like I it became almost like a competition too I was like ooh, I saved this 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 week on my food shopping me too hill. how much can I save next week and you just make it into like a fun game maybe you can have a little competition with your significant other you know your spouse whatever to see it's all, again, like you said, it's all about mindset and intentionality. So, and even just adopting the mindset of like, I am intentional with my money. Mm -hmm. Like, because right. A lot of times I will hear people say, 
I'm not good with money. I even had a friend recently who told me, she's like, I feel like we need to make more money, but I know even if we did make more money, like we're just really not good with it because even when he gets raises, somehow we don't manage to keep any of the additional money. So it all comes back to identity. So really what needs to happen here is you need to shift your identity, start adopting the belief that I am intentional with money. And if you are intentional with money, how do you show up every day? So a person that is intentional with money, even if they are going to Starbucks, let's say every day and getting like a six, $7 coffee every day, that's probably within a budget. They have a plan to do that. It lines with some value of theirs. Or if they're not, I mean, if they consider themselves an intentional with money, they're maybe not doing that at all. Like they're not going to Starbucks. They're making their own stuff at home because they see that that's their idea of being intentional with money. So what I recommend is that you adopt that identity. I am intentional with money and you decide what that looks like for you and start there. Yeah. And I always, you know, like you said before, I have friends, oh, if I've just made a little bit more money, things will be easier. Mm-hmm. It's never how much you make, it's how much you keep. So if you can't manage on a, say, $30,000 a year salary, you probably can't manage on 100000 Like it's just... Like I know somebody who can't manage money at all. So it doesn't matter how much money you have. Like, okay, lottery winners. You've heard the studies where they win the lottery, right? They're usually, I would say less income, right? Because they're playing the lottery and then they win. And in a few years they're broke again because they just don't know how to manage it. So it's all just skill and mindset. It definitely is. It always and like I was saying earlier, you know, like there's a lot of people I know that make a lot of money according to most people's standards Mm -hmm. and they're not debt free. They don't, they, they don't keep a lot of it. It's so it's not about always like what is coming in. It's what you're keeping. And I really believe, and I know you hold this belief too, that like when you are good stewards of the money that you do have, whether that's like 30,000 or 200,000 or whatever it is, I firmly believe when God sees that, that you are good stewards of that, you will reap the benefits of that. Like you will be blessed more. I kind of think about it as like, you know, you have a a father that loves you and that sees that he gives you something and you take really good care of it. Like as a father, he's like, I want to give you more. Like, cause you're so good with what you have versus somebody, you know, who you get them something and they just trash it or they don't care about it. They don't value it. Then you're like, I don't really want to give you more. I mean, that's just what I'm thinking in my mind. And I've seen that people that are good stewards with their money, I've seen evidence where they're blessed even more. And it doesn't always come into, in the form of exactly more money, but other blessings. Yeah. 100%. And I'll totally butcher the scripture, but it's be faithful with the little and you'll be ruler over much. Yeah. Um, So awesome. So one question, because I know if somebody really wants to even get on a budget, what if they work off of commission or their income changes all the time? Like how should they plan? I think first start tracking what's coming, like do it, do a plan of like, I'm going to do this for several months and just kind of see the average of the, of the money coming in and try to find yourself an average if you can, and try to plan around that. Really. It's like, once you start, cause for me, my income is really inconsistent as far as like my consulting work, my coaching work, and my husband's is more reliable, but I still am able to like, I kind of guess based on what I've seen when I've been assessing things over a period of time, but it took me a while first. So I recommend just set up budget, guess, 
you can go back and look at previous finances and just go on like a lower end and see how it works out for you. And as time goes on, you'll have a better idea, but be okay too, with not always knowing the exact amount that you're getting in, you know, like just pick a lower amount so you can plan that you're not spending an excessive amount beyond what you're getting in. I think that's a awesome wedding gifts going back to the financial piece that you said you got for your wedding gift yeah. like I think every young couple should totally get that but for the older person like my my listener she's you know heading into her second half of life middle-aged woman and there's no shame in any debt that you have right now because you just didn't know like I didn't know exactly. any of this stuff until probably my late forties. <laughs> you know, I feel like I've learned everything new, like in my late forties, like I'm unlearning everything I did. I learned before that. So there's no shame in whatever debt you have, but now that, you know, you know, now you need to act on it. So, um, yeah. So now and you, yep. I'm glad that you say that because, um, Truly, like, don't shame yourself about it because you did the best that you could given the situation, like given the mindset that you had, given what you've been taught and what you've learned. So I always like to ask people this question. Now that you know what you know, what do you want to do differently? Mm -hmm. So think about that when it comes to your finances, like think about like, first and foremost, who do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be? What do you want to leave behind for your kids or your family? Like that's going to like help you decide how you need to show up today like what can you do today that will make your future self proud right right so I'm always asking myself that question and it's never too late to start to be more intentional with how you are spending your money because it matters because I know I was listening to another one of your episodes and you were talking about um, just the mindset around money and how like we do need money to do good things in the world it's so awesome when more money can come into the hands of people that are going to do really good with it. Yes. So just reframing the way that you think about money, because a lot of times, you know, people think that like, oh, like there's this mindset of like those rich, uh, this is another thing that gets me is like when people say, well, that's for the rich people and not me. That is always, it's a trigger for me because I know so much about setting, you know, goals and actually following through and accomplishing your goals. And the number one thing that when we do this, like say, well, that's for them, that's for the rich people, we separate ourselves from them. And then we make it not part of our identity. And then when we do that, we behave as what the poor people or whatever you consider is the opposite of those other people you're part of a different group so you behave in a different way and you're not worthy in the sense of getting the things that they have that's just like that's just a lie and I really like I hate hearing people say that because I'm like no abundance is meant for all of us yeah it strictly says that in the bible you know Mm -hmm. I came what so that you can live an abundant life John 10, 10, you know, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. I've come so that you can live an abundant life or a life to its fullest. Yeah. And I always, it's funny you say that because again, most people will put down rich people. Mm -hmm. Well, now you're judging them. Now you're not going to learn from them. And now you're always going to stay where you are. (laughs) Yeah. And just like the book, you know, um, by Robert Kiyosaki, the rich dad, poor dad book. Yeah. Yeah. So even that, like, you know, he, he talks about like, he had his poor dad and in his, this other thing I want to point out, his poor dad wasn't poor in the sense of like, not you know, living in poverty. Right. No, he had a PhD. 
Mm-hmm. He actually was making pretty good money to most people's standard, but he wasn't keeping it, like you were saying. And then he had the rich dad, which was, I think, a f- his friend's dad or whatever. And he talked about how he adopted the beliefs, the mindset, and the habits of the rich dad. And that's what caused him to be rich. So it always comes back to identity, like deciding what kind of person you want to be, who do you want to be, and then developing the mindset and the habits of that person. And before long, you will be that person. It's interesting because in my life, you know, I came from a background of, I grew up in poverty and now it's what I consider a lot of money. Like back in the day, like I used, like I used to consider like way less was a lot of money. Cause that's what was in my awareness. Like I would be, I used to think teachers made a lot of money. I'm not even kidding. Like that was my thought. I'm like, Oh, they're doing well. They're making a lot of money, but it's like the teacher would laugh at me right now and be like, what, you know, <laughs> but, or a social worker or whatever. And nowadays it's like my money, my thoughts around money have completely shifted because I feel like I'm adopting the beliefs more of those that do have financial abundance and peace and are able to give a lot more. So is there anything else you want the listeners to know? Anything else before? There's one belief that has really served me when it comes to my life in general, when it comes to my finances, when it comes to my health Mm -hmm. and everything I do. And I just want everyone, if you can, to program, like adopt this belief, keep it in your mind, repeat it over and over. And it is every little bit counts. Every little bit counts because it does. Right. And every little action that you take, like James Clear says in his book, Atomic Habits, every action that you take is a vote for who you want to become. And I always think about that. Like when I'm like even ordering like a meal, I'm like, if I order this meal, this is a vote for me to become who, what kind of person? Like if I ordered the, let's say the fried chicken or something, that's a vote for me to become what? right? Versus I order this salad or this other healthy meal. And the same thing with like how I spend my money. If I'm intentional with my money, I'm voting to become what? This person that has abundance and this wealth mindset. So I think that belief just always serves everyone that every little bit counts. I love that. I love that. I wish I knew that before last night's dinner out. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm always, I'm always thinking about that when I order things. And I think it's part of just being intentional in general. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you. So I hope this, the air gun and the compressor in the background, to me, it's like so loud. I don't know if you heard it. I don't know if the listener's going to hear it, but um, it is what it is. And and my editor is going to love this episode when I send it off to him. Arno, I'm sorry. I love you. Um, (laughs) Everybody needs an Arno in in your life, but um, it is what it is next week episode should be um, a lot clearer. (laughs) But thank you, Angela. So where can people find out more about you or get in touch? You can find out about me on my podcast. It's called Intentional Mind Podcast. And I geek out obviously about the mind and intentionally designing your life. Um, But I also have on my website, if you go to intentionalmindpodcast.com, um, on my website, there's a blog post that basically summarize everything that we talked about, the alpaca method, because I know that's a lot, but you can go back and like, kind of like create your own checklist for yourself and like start through like going through this process. Okay. So alpaca awareness, learn, plan, act, consistent access. Yeah. Assess. Yeah. Assess. All right. So awesome. And I'm going to put that all in the show notes too, so they can get in touch with you. And thank you again so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. But before you go, if you found value in today's show, 
I would love it if you would take a screenshot of this episode and share it with others on social media. And be sure to hit that subscribe button and head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to rate and leave a review. It is how we can empower, educate, and shift how others visualize their lives. Until next time, my friend, remember to live a life untapped. You are worth it. Thank you.